If you had to guess, what do you think Terry Gross's memoir is titled? This is Fresh Air? No. All I did was ask. Which is pretty good. Hmm. Right? Okay. Yeah. Was it you or somebody else that I was talking to that was saying that they don't think she's a terribly in-depth interviewer? Oh, it was, certainly was not me. Okay. Who said that? Uh, I, if I knew, if I remembered, I wouldn't ask the question. <laughs> they, they deserve to be, they deserve to be shamed on the show. Well, no, I guess I kind of sympathize, but like my rebuttal to this, and again, apparently just not a conversation with you, um, was that like she, she asks from the perspective of somebody who is not like, is maybe uh, intentionally distancing themselves and trying to not be like a fan of somebody's work and not go like they, they, like and I don't like the term, but they she approaches like conversations at, with people and interviews with people, like from the layman's perspective, where you're not supposed to be intimately familiar with the person, which can, depending on your perspective, come off as not terribly in depth. Hmm. Because like I mean, kind of like sometimes like when she was interviewing like Bob Odenkirk, and there were a few other um, good guests recently. We're kind of like if you're somebody who is intimately familiar with their work, the interviews do sometimes feel a tiny bit shallow. But again, like if if she was doing super in depth and like inside baseball interviews with people that I didn't know about, that would be really unapproachable for me. So I think it's probably a, a sound strategy. And when she's employed for thirty five years, hmm. yeah, I I have to respectfully disagree with the person who should I guess remain unnamed no all i did was ask though it's pretty good uh -huh. um what other little i think that's probably it for most of my follow-up oh the giants are doing really well recently I, I, i'm not gonna call it a comeback but we've had like a solid strong last 10 games so and again i use the royal Wii, but it's it's looking up well you're not a, you're not a fairweather fan you'll, no you'll stick with them no but like i, I don't know it's it's yeah there's some some cohesion or cohesiveness on the team uh that there hasn't felt like there's been for a while so that's that's positive and uh buster posey's gonna be in in the uh, in the all-star game for the i think the fourth straight year fifth straight year yeah there was a an article um a couple articles that were written about him um i guess he's had basically the best statistical season of his career really yeah he, he's batting like 330 yeah well so up until Sometime recently, that was the highest batting average in baseball. So, so he was the the, the batting champion so far no the season. Yeah, mm -hmm. and defensively, he's been really good. Although part of what's been written recently about him are renewed calls for him to move to first base. <laughs> what? I, I'm I'm sorry. What's what's so funny? sorry this year has colored my everything so badly that i i initially thought like in my head it calls for him to resign <laughs> just, no, just you're naturally that, it just filled in the blank you're you're you're, you're, think, you're thinking of somebody else <laughs> uh, okay sorry wow <laughs> wait so who uh who actually i'm not even I, this this shows how much I'm, i've been watching this season on television who who are there um Who's like the second in command catcher, or like who's who's the most commonly played person who's not Buster Posey for catcher? I don't, I don't know who their backup catcher is this year. Yeah, but it's a 
it's a normal thing for catchers to do over the course of their career. It, it elongates their career, especially catchers who are really talented offensively because you mm-hmm. want to keep them, you know, you want to keep them playing as long as possible and keep them productive at the plate. And one of the ways you do that is just to play first base, which is much, much less taxing. And on top of that, with Posey in particular, he had, of course, the ankle injury a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, over time, you have to kind of watch that stuff. But so far, um, him and Bochi have both kind of pushed back on that. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's already superhuman. Like, how on earth can you crouch down for 160 games a year? Yeah, it's it's amazing. It, re- it really is. Yeah, <laughs> except the game that I went to in person, where there was a, a wild pitch, and that was, it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was a very disappointing show all around. Yeah, um, he tries. Um, it's about all you can say for the team this year. Eh, they tried. <laughs> your your 2017 Giants. I'm sure Mitch McConnell is trying. <laughs> mm, let's just move along. <laughs> You're not cutting that out, though. No, we'll we'll, we'll keep it, but Ugh. I'm not I'm not happy about it. Fucking Paul Ryan. All right. Ugh. Um. Yeah. Wasn't there supposed to be a vote on, or is that is there allegedly a vote scheduled for this Friday? They're on recess. Oh wait, no, it was last Friday, so that didn't even come together either. All right. Right. Yeah. Well, probably not doing a lot of town halls, are they? Mm-mm. No, it turns out busy, right. busy with uh, Fourth of July plans. Mm-hmm. All right. The only other non like story business, uh, but I have. Uh, do you have at at either of your previous companies? Have you uh, ever had a company wide um, reply all email chain debacle? Um. Yeah, I have. How long does that usually take to clear out? Couple of hours in some cases. Wow, that's yeah. that's actually rather rather fast. Well, I mean, you know, in the situations where I've had it happen, it's been at larger organizations where mm-hmm. eventually someone from IT or or somewhere kind of comes and kind of puts an end to it. Mm. Yeah, I wish that was the case. Yeah. We we had a we, when you get into the tens of thousands of employees, it's 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 a little. Oh rough. yeah, mm-hmm. Hmm. and then you have the you have and, and the only reason I bring this up is because this always like this just made me like face palm really hard. Is you have all these wise guys who think they're like I'm going to solve the problem by replying all by saying don't reply all, and then they think they're solving something, but they're they're really doing nothing. They're they're just screaming into the void and and they're polluting the same pool that's already. So does your company doesn't have a moderator for the all alias? I think they like CC'd this one weird like IT like distribution chain that I, and it was like it was a holiday weekend, so I don't think anybody really caught it for a while. So it was kind of a it's kind of bad news. Yeah, that was that was the solution to the company that I'm talking about where we had that happen a couple of times. The eventually the solution was to have someone moderate that. Because I've I've worked at bigger companies prior to that job, and that was the way it worked. You know, even before I started there, was you sent something to the like company wide email alias, and it somebody actually looked at it and either approved it or didn't push it through. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Google has better tools for this. Maybe. Yeah, we're finally <laughs> somebody somebody got the idea of moving off of Microsoft products, so we'll be moving to whatever Google Cloud solution or something. Oh, Google Apps, really? Yeah, I assume that that's, that works differently when you have that many employees, but, you know. We finally got upgraded to Office 2010. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. You were still using 07? Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Still have Internet Explorer 6 installed as the default browser, though. Great. Yeah. I'm sure that's, Everybody's that's super, super secure. Uh, luckily, this is all vague and nobody knows what I'm talking about. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So do you have anything you want to lead with or any uh, unfinished business or old news or fake news? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's all fake news, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so if we look at the, the list of stuff we've got for tonight, I think the, the Tesla stuff kind of is sort of follow up from last week, right? Okay. Yeah. What, what Tesla stuff do we have? Well, you, so you, the, the, the headline in the notes here is cars, colon, Tesla, canvas, Carvana. <laughs> so, so I'll let you moderate and sort that out. Oh, okay. I, I thought as the author of that, you would you would help us do that. No, I I just felt like I had to write more than automobiles or or even less <laughs> less enthusiastically car emoji. I see. Um, I think I know what you're getting at here, but feel free to correct me if if I'm wrong here. Mm-hmm. So we've ad nauseum. It feels like on this show talked about Tesla, including last week. But two things that caught our attention this week are. Uh, two different services, one called Canvas and one called Carvana. So you sent me Canvas and I sent you Carvana because Carvana now is becoming the the Squarespace, um, the Squarespace, <laughs> where I just they're they're advertised on every single podcast I've listened to now. If I hear I never about that, heard, I've ne- if I hear about the goddamn vending machine, I'm gonna right, <laughs> right, yeah. I had never heard of them prior to about three weeks ago, and now I, I feel like I could tell you everything about them. <laughs> Wait, so what did they advertise on? Um, why? What didn't to. they advertise on? I don't know. It feels like every podcast I've listened to, they've been on. Hmm. Um, except for Relay, Mike still hasn't gotten his dream of a car, a car related <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> oh, uh, although I really, I, I, and I love his reasoning for wanting one too. I, I love the Mad Men mm-hmm. reference. Yep. It's fantastic. I thought it was amazing, but yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, I digress. So Canvas is a monthly sort of subscription car subscription and you i guess you 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 pick the you pick the number of miles that you need and it's sort of like it's sort of like a more sort of permanent zip car kind of like longer term zip car yeah so here's the thing i don't understand who's behind this um, cause it seems like, so here's, here's the thing. And the reason why I bring this up is cause, cause you're, um, you're kind of a Ford ally or, or like, a, I don't know. You, you like the company. <laughs> sure. I don't know. <laughs> Again, so you're, you're very Ford ally is kind of an odd way to describe it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you're hashtag team Ford. So they, sure. they, they touch a, a many different points of your life. You, you have your Ford edge, you have, um, you have a chariot that's a Ford company now. You're, I assume you're going to be zipping around on these, um, whatever, not city bike, uh, Ford bike share Bay Area. What what is the new thing called? I I don't know, but yeah, they they sponsor the city bike system here in San Francisco now. Yeah, so like I don't know, like they're heavily integrated into your life, but um, like Ford seems to be very. I'm not saying they're being successful with it, but they're like super adventurous on trying new things like um like ford is the partner with uber on their autonomous driving thing 
um whenever you see any car company that's doing like um like innovative like leasing programs or trying new business models to get millennials to be more interested in cars it's almost always ford and so i don't really know who's behind this but canvas which is a month to month uh car leasing service i would say is probably the simplest way to talk about it um is all almost all exclusively ford vehicles so if i want a ford edge i can get it for 520 a month hmm. maybe, maybe okay. with or without sync 3 i don't know oh god just just have to needle me with that every week <laughs> um well it's a 2015 so i don't know what that means that means it would not have sync 3 because mine's a 2015 2015 is the last year that didn't have the option of upgrading to sync 3 Got it. So apparently the only thing, like they're sold out of everything except uh, a 2015 Ford Edge Titanium. That's what I have. Nice. Um, so I, I guess I, pausing for a second here, I guess I sort of got in the weeds before um, f- framing this in a, in a more kind of high level coherent way, which is it's like these way. three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Um you know that what we the three things that we listed tesla canvas and carvana sort of represent the three potential models of using a car going forward right mm. with with tesla representing ownership at least for now canvas representing sort of just like on these on-demand rental services which prior to canvas you know i, I made reference to Zipcar, and there are a handful of others that you sort of rent cars usually like by the hour or by the day mm-hmm. sometimes by the week and then carvana which i guess also sort of falls into like the the ownership category although i think carvana is more it's 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 all used cars right so it's sort of like the like whereas like tesla would be tesla's like the category of people who not only want to buy a car but like they view a car as like a status symbol or something that's that goes beyond just the utility of what you get out of a car. Whereas Carvana would be more like, you know, I just need this thing to get me point A to point B. Uh, I'm, hmm. I mean, maybe I'm short selling it a little bit. You kind of know what I mean, right? Well, no, so, so it's a, like to reframe it or to, I mean, you know, you're, you're definitely right. So like, yeah, Tesla is kind of, and again, this, this goes, and again, my, my analogy from earlier doesn't fit at all actually when I think about it, but like Tesla is kind of like you, you want this, brand new car and you want it to be kind of like a personal extension of yourself and you're still somebody who kind of believes in like an automobile being a representation of you and like a long-term purchase and investment kind of and then canvas is kind of the ex- yeah you're you're right the extension of zip car and that kind of stuff where it's like if, if you're gonna be taking a job in a new place and you need a car for three months you, you can do that kind of thing so carvana apparently it's like a used car marketplace that's trying to be like internet first and has like more consumer-friendly terms and that kind of stuff. And I think there was another company in the Bay Area that actually tried to do this. It was called Beepy that already went out of business. But um, Carvana seems to have a lot of money behind it where this might actually work. But yeah, so that that's probably somebody who's more interested in just the best deal and the easiest transaction uh, versus the other two types of models. And then there's probably a fourth option, which it goes to your favorite company, Uber. Which, well, which so that, is the... Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry not to interrupt, but that that was that was another I think important thing that that this actually ties these three things together, which is making the car buying experience better. 
because I the the experience that I've had in the past where you haggle over price, the the pricing thing in particular, is it's just awful. It's so bad and it, it takes so long. So with all three of these services, you know, what you see is is what you get in terms of price, which is just really the way that basically everything should work. Yeah, I mean, and, and but the thing is with that, like, and, and you'll notice that Tesla had the issue with this um, a couple of years ago, where there was like all those big stories about, um, I don't know if it was like states or like, remember when they got in trouble with like they're like you're well you're breaking the dealership model and you and you can't sell cars directly to consumers, and I forget which state it was that was involved in, um, trying to shut down their like internet ordering. But I mean, there's like there's a lot of entrenched interest in like infrastructure around keeping the car buying and, and like dealership model in place. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's all weird. Cause I mean, I, th I think we are kind of in like much in the way where I wanted to refuse to acknowledge cord cutting for a while or not, not refuse to acknowledge, but I just didn't think it was happening that much. Like I do think that like younger people do have very different opinions on, uh, automobile ownership and uh, transportation as more of a commodity rather than a um, like a personal identification type thing um, that services like this that do try to um, like shift the way that people think about that and, and try to offer customer friendly and flexible options for whatever type of consumer you are. I think these are three to four of kind of the probably most viable business models going forward. So, so yeah, I, I guess a couple of things here. I mean, one thing that I'm always careful of with services like this is trying to kind of step out of the San Francisco bubble and understanding how much of a broad appeal they have. Like, you know, with Tesla, right? I mean, I see Teslas all the time, but <laughs> I, I guarantee that's not the case in 99% of the country. Um and I mean, like, Model S is the Civic of San Francisco, <laughs> right? Yeah, and Canvas is is only Bay Area, right? And Carvana, I'm not yeah. sure about. Um, I think that's more. It, I think that's nationwide, but it, yeah, um, Carvana of the three certainly, I, I would imagine, has you know the most broad appeal. But even still, I, I'm guessing it's not people's first instinct to. I mean, Grant, we, you, you and I didn't hear about this this service until like three weeks ago when they started <laughs> advertising on, you know, the tech and political podcasts we listen to. <laughs> um, so I, I guess with that big caveat, it's it's easy perhaps to overstate the kind of relevance of of these things today. But but I but I do think that this is I think we're we're clearly in the midst of a change around the way that we think about transportation and specifically how we think about, you know, cars and sort of car ownership. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, but again, I, I would actually, and again, the, you are normally like super um, enthusiastic or push hard on this, but I, I actually think that like the idea of, of transportation as, as a, like a, a complete commodity and like the Uberification or like them being a central part of, and I know not nationwide, but at, actually probably nationwide, but more in urban settings where maybe car ownership of any sort um, may obviate all three of these if Uber and the ride-sharing companies and, and other on-demand transportation providers can actually um, make ubiquitous like 
summoned cars, a, a reality where, where car ownership is not a thing anymore. So anyway, yeah, those are, those are probably the, the main, the main things, but yeah, you, you are definitely right to add some perspective to it. That's probably going to take some time to, uh, make its way out of, out of the bubble. So the, so the million dollar question is, is one of these sort of three types of vehicles? Is that, is that the, the future of cars or are these all just a stopgap until we all just call the cars using our smartphones and just use them when we need them? I'm, I'm sure you, so tackle all three, I'm sure used cars will always be a thing. So Carvana or true like whoever manages to kind of make that experience better will will probably succeed in in, or at least capture some part of the market the canvas thing i mean maybe i i I don't i mean that yeah maybe uh the tesla thing i mean they're going away so that doesn't matter too much but i think uber probably (laughs) i think uber uh and and ride sharing actually again in urban areas once autonomous driving becomes a thing like once that switch is flipped that is probably going to be uh enormous so let's 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 pause on tesla for a second because i feel like something interesting's happened over the course of i don't even know when this started exactly but over the course of maybe like the last year or so where i've historically been a little bit bearish on tesla mostly under the premise Mm. that i have been (laughs) under the premise that i didn't really ever feel like sticking laptop batteries onto the bottom of cars was going to be the future of cars. Like it just, it felt like there, there had to be something other than that, that was going to get us off of traditional gasoline cars. And, you know, that's, that's largely proven not to be true. Um, at least for now that, that seems to be the direction everybody's going. And, you know, because of that, I've sort of warmed up to Tesla and also pre-ordered a model three so that might have something to do with it too oh you can get um, you can get it at the end of the month <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm one of I'm, I'm one of the first 30 that's right <laughs> um meanwhile while that's been happening you've i don't know maybe you've always been negative on tesla but you seemingly have become more negative on tesla or more more pessimistic about tesla once they surpass the the market cap of, of of Ford and many other automakers that you know sell actual cars in in volume, um, I've become much more negative on on the fact that people think I like I just I don't understand the extremely lofty um, outlooks that people have on on this company. So yeah, I I don't get it at all. I I, I say in jest that like that it's gonna go like uh, uh, completely away or any of that kind of stuff. But I like I I don't get where people somehow think that Tesla is gonna be the singular provider of electric automobiles and that they, as like this early pioneer in the space that has made the first. And again, it's not even mass market. That's that's the thing. The Model S ships so few cars in in this year. Like they made a bunch of, or sorry, this quarter they made a bunch of excuses why they weren't able to ship many Model S's. Like they only ended up shipping like twenty two thousand cars. Like I, I don't get where all these astronomically positive and and optimistic um, projections for the company come from. Well, I, I think it's it's two things. One is 
I mean, you keep saying that they're shipping cars in, in super small volume, which when you compare them to traditional gas-powered vehicles, yes. But that's not, that's not really the comparison point. But it is, though. Well, but it's not, because if you accept that electric cars, again, at least for the time being, are going to be where, where, what we shift towards, they're by far and away the number one electric car manufacturer. It's not even, I don't even, who would Aren't be they? second? Hold on. Uh, Nissan Leaf sales. I mean, yeah, the Leaf is like the only one that even comes to mind that's shipping in somewhat large numbers. Well, hold on, let's see. No, because that, okay, hold on. Let's, let's, so I have this article, and again, I have no idea if these are actual legitimate numbers, but we have, let's say, the Tesla Model S in the first three months, in the first quarter, um... I don't know what the scale is here, but they've sold, I guess, 61,000 maybe. Uh, the Chevy Volt, 55. Uh, Toyota Prius Prime, 43. Nissan Leaf, 32. Like, again, I just don't, I don't buy the thing that they have this just such an insurmountable lead. Yeah, but the Volt, the, the Volt's all, that's, that doesn't count. That's mostly a gas-powered car. Okay, the Bolt EV, 30. Okay, Sure. Like again, I don't know what this what what's so the, so what Tesla ship, here is. So, so Tesla shipping twice the number. Okay, okay, but I mean, I, 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 I guess that's that's that doesn't feel it doesn't feel right to just dismiss. Yeah, it's small compared to the the old way things were done, but to dismiss the fact that they're number one in this new category is that seems kind of an odd argument but it's a category that other companies can catch up in like that's the thing like ford just ships and sells so many cars and to act like it's completely like this is cars are not cell phones like this isn't an iphone type situation well but but if so but if ford could so easily make more electric cars and sell and produce them in volume why aren't they well so that's the thing so like i posted a link earlier today in the slack that like of of volvo like saying that by 2019 every like every single car that we sell is either going to be an ev or at least a hybrid like because that like they are kind of like an up uh, like an upper end of the market uh type of company where that is what their consumers are interested in demanding and they're taking a big bet on that kind of thing because like Ford is willing to say that they need to keep working on gasoline powered cars because that's their biggest market. But again, once push comes to shove and, and um, uh, consumer tastes changed, like they will change that. I mean, I mean, okay, fine. Like, it, yes, all of that could happen, but, and I feel like somewhat of a broken record because I know I've said this before, but, the Ford's got a Ford and all these other guys. They got to go out and prove it. Volvo too. It's nice of them to come out and say these are our plans. But all right, do it. But 2019 is not far away. Oh well, right. So we'll find out whether they pull it off or not. But and that's in the Nissan Leaf is is a shipping in volume. Sure, and then that's. But but I mean, what are the numbers? I mean, Tesla's selling outselling it what by a factor of three. I mean, it's it's. I, I just don't see how you can just completely dismiss that. I mean, you have to. But look, no, look you know, look at it's, it's like. It's like it, when we with the, with the Apple stuff, where we we see all these like tech demos, and we hear about these talks of all these other tech companies saying like, "Oh yeah, no, we you know we can we can go out and put out all this cool, I don't know, VR technology or whatever else." But they, but you, okay, fine, actually, like ship a product, do something, and like that's what Tesla's doing. Uh, sure, they are, and so are other companies. Other companies who treat EVs as a hobby are doing almost as well as Tesla. 
Hmm. When 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 it changes from being a hobby, like if Apple ever gets off his butt and stops treating the Apple TV as a hobby, maybe they'll have a viable competitor to like a lot of the other things. But like when when like if Ford and Chevrolet or or, or General Motors or whatever it's called now, um, end up thinking like you know what, well, like like uh, consumer demand, they they don't want gasoline powered cars anymore. The I know this won't happen with this administration, but if the EPA emissions targets mandate that we have to start shipping cleaner vehicles, when push comes to shove, like they'll change that. I understand that, like certain things, Tesla may have an advantage with, and they may um, have like some type, like there it might be a more elegant experience, or it might like there might it might be a, it's certainly not better craftsmanship because like the build quality of of Teslas has not, has not been that good so far. But like, I I just fail to see where the other companies can't catch up in a meaningful way. Where Tesla ends up being relegated to the high end of the market, and that's not matching what the market seems to be valuing it at. Hmm. Like, because I I don't doubt that they are providing like the Model X and the Model S. Like, and in, in like when they when they just came out were very cool, like very high-end, very, very nice cars. But again, like the Model 3, where it's competing in this lower-end um, mass market price point, if consumer appetites change and there are that many of those hitting on the road, then that might be a gut check for Ford and Nissan and Honda and all these other companies to think that, well, consumer appetites are changing, we have to ship something different, and they... I am I am not a car uh, an automobile engineer but like I assume it's probably not that hard to change like all their infrastructure is based around creating cars but I think the drivetrain and the engine and all that kind of stuff is probably like it's it's not they're not going to have to rewrite and they're not going to have to scrap every factory and rewrite the playbook to change it. Yeah, I mean you could end up being 100% right but I I'm just a little bit more skeptical until other companies actually end up doing it. And and it goes beyond just the manufacturing of the car. I mean, we've talked about this before too. Think about the supercharger network. Like that that doesn't just happen overnight. That's taken years and years and years and is still a work in progress. And I mean, yeah, another company can't come along and replicate that, but that doesn't happen overnight. Again, my counterpoint to that is the supercharger network. Like again, if if these were to get adopted in mass, it th- th- that network will will crumble on any holiday weekend, and you'll have a bunch of pissed off people who can't drive from, uh, from Marinda, Los Angeles. Um, what was the, what was the other thing? Um, I think that's mostly it. I don't know. It's it's, it's just stuff like because I don't know. Like even like so. Let's let's pretend that you're. I'm not saying this is this is your point of view, but if you're super bullish on uh, Tesla as being like the premier and most successful EV maker going forward, like, do we think this is going to be like the smartphone? Like, do we think that like just literally four out of every five cars in America are going to be made by Tesla? Like, what what is what is the end game here? Do we think they're going to be that successful? Because like car, like car, smartphones are totally different. Just because like the like the switching costs and like and just the per, like just all of it is just there's so little friction. Like I know Apple tries to do like so much login uh, or lock in like for for that type of stuff. Like there's no way that 
Tesla just manufactures the majority of all automobiles in the United States. Like, there has to be others. Well, but, I mean, Apple doesn't manufacture the majority of smartphones. Yeah, so so in that case, and again, I'm not sure I believe what I'm about to say, but like, what what if what if Tesla is like the iPhone of of that? Except let's, I'm I'm much more pessimistic of how much of the market they can actually hold on to after things change. Like, what if General Motors and Ford and and Toyota and everybody else ends up being like the Android ODMs, and like just you just have a flood of the market of things that are you know seventy percent as good but are totally competent products and retail for 60% as much. Like how, how is that not a probable outcome? Like sure they're first, but who cares? Yeah. I mean, again, you, you could be right, but I, I just, it just doesn't feel right to throw away all the work they've done. But anyway, we're, we're, we're going around in circles here. It's okay. People, people like that. <laughs> Sometimes the autopilot and Tesla's get confused and they go around in circles. <laughs> Right. I don't think that's nice, true. Nice, Sorry. Nice, nice little thing. <laughs> Elon's going to sue us. <laughs> uh, is he is he a litigious man? Probably. I, he strikes me as someone who who would be. Yeah. Uh, all right. I I think yeah I think that's mostly it. But again, I, I am happy because uh because uh, I'm going to reiterate. And I know you didn't really say it this week, but I think you are. And this is not actually that much related, but you, you have become much more um, bullish about autonomous vehicles taking shape uh, than you were about a year ago when we had our big uh self-driving car episode so yeah yeah i i think i think and you know i i've i know i sort of i think when i've talked about this in the past i've been 100 percent negative on it which is kind of the regulation around self-driving cars um but i think to be fair that is going to be really, really, really important. And there are a lot of hard questions that have to be answered around what to do in situations where an accident's inevitable and you know, what what kind of decision does the car make like that. That whole process is going to be really important to work through. And I think the technology is going to get there a lot quicker than maybe I thought, but the kind of the all all the non-technology stuff is is going to be i think the big unknown yeah exciting time to be alive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right what's next um let's let's go in an entirely different direction uh because this is something i didn't actually share with you and, and this is probably gonna be a really short conversation but this i just there was this article that i that i stumbled across that was have you ever have you ever been on stack exchange no, I, when you put this in the, the notes, I, I did not know what you were referring to. So it's kind of like a question and answers board for like programmers or like technology people. But like there's this, there's this one thing that happened that I, that, that I thought was fairly interesting, but it's probably going to be a short conversation. So I'm just going to read you what the question is and you tell me what, you, what your gut, moral, ethical impulse is. So here it is. So I currently work on a legacy system for a company. The system is really old, and although I was hired as a programmer, my job is pretty much glorified data entry. To summarize, I get a bunch of requirements, which is literally just lots of data for each month on spreadsheets, and I have to configure the system to make it work, which is basically just writing a bunch of SQL scripts. So I've been doing this for about 18 months, and in that time, I've basically figured out all the traps to the point where I've actually written a program, which for the past six months has been doing the whole thing for me. So it used to take the last guy like a month 
now takes maybe 10 minutes to clean the spreadsheet and run it through the program. Now, the problem is, do I tell my employer? Yes. Why? Um, well, I, th- I think it just, it's just the right thing to do. Why? Well, because if you're, like, you want to you give a fair representation of the work that you're doing. And if Why? you're... Like if 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 you're if you're falsely representing what you're doing at work, that I I don't know it, it just it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like the right thing. I I sure I'm 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 sorry I'm not able to elaborate on this better, but okay, that's why I thought this would be a short conversation. But that that is that is super interesting because again, like I I keep maybe maybe I'm a less ethical person than you. Well, actually, no. Here, so let me let me okay. Let I keep me going maybe, back and forth. I don't know. Okay, well let, let me let me. This is the way that I was thinking about it in my head. Let's see mm-hmm. if this makes more sense. So, same set of facts that you just outlaid, mm-hmm. and your employer, who previously was oblivious to this, asks, "Okay, walk me through how you do this process. Mm-hmm. What what do you do?" I mean, we're not talking about me, so <laughs> no, it, 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 the the general. I am not you. this person. Like, no, I I totally get it. Like that's why it's tricky. Like because I like I spent like a a, a a really long amount of time thinking about this. Probably why does that work? Um, <laughs> is that like just because you can do your work faster and more efficiently than somebody else or whatever system? Like if you're if like it, I don't know. It's so tricky. Like, because I I know it's it's kind of immoral. But like, it, but if like if your employer expects that you know this is a job that we think will take the average person thirty to forty hours a week, and and this is this is what we've budgeted to pay this person, and this is the outcome we're expecting, and this person is somebody who we employ to work from home, like I don't know, like <laughs> one person, like one side of my shoulder, like it's just. The the company is is getting what they're paying for, but then again, like yes, I I totally agree on the other side, like and as a manager, I think I think in in the other way, like what what actual labor are you paying for? And it like it is, I don't know. Well, so okay, so here, I guess would be maybe the other way to to answer your question, which is if your employer is under the impression that it takes you a month to do something and you're able to do it in 10 minutes and you're, I think a part of what the right thing to do is lies in what do you do with that other amount of time? So what do you do for the other 29 days, 23 hours and, you know, 50 minutes or whatever. That's if if you're just goofing around that entire time, then that that's not right. (sighs) If you're doing other things, then okay, then yeah, I, I guess that's fine. But but so let, let's let's take this to like the next step beyond this. So like let's say so you, so your your call is that this person tell their employer. Well, well I know what was he supposed hmm. to do? Because here's the thing: like the next step from this is if if they say like if they tell their employer, you know what, like this this job that you have budgeted somebody to spend to to pay somebody sixty thousand dollars a year for to work full time on this project, like I've actually done something really ingenious. I think like I don't know, like I I found a much better way to do this. I have I have scripted this out, and the same task can now like take like let's say let's say it takes a day 
if if we do like a lot of extensive quality checking on it. So like, what do you guys think? This person's going to be out of a job in eight minutes. Mm. See, that's, I don't know. Well, if that company's smart, they should take that person and show them other processes and see if they can that's, make that's com- similar not, improvements. But. Yeah, yeah, that's not how companies work. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think because of some of the things that I've just outlined, it, you need a little bit more information around yeah. what else is happening. Yeah. Like, I, I don't necessarily think the employee needs to run up to their employer and, and, and explain this, but... I also don't think it's right to again the assumption if the assumption's true that you're just goofing around the rest of the time or if you get straight up asked and you misrepresent what you're doing that those would be so, so that's the thing like so on all the responses to this cuz like there there were a lot of responses like they were very split down the middle and a lot of people that was the most common refrain from the people who were taking <laughs> the, the the angel side of things or like the, the honest aid part um, was that, yeah, like if, if your employer were to ask, like how would explaining your methods or, or like, uh, corroborating any like alibi involve lying and, and that's where it kind of broke down. Yeah. Right. And you're right. And, and for the record, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm of your opinion, <laughs> Okay, but <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's really tricky. Yeah. I don't know. All right, I thought that was a fun little experiment. Yeah, yeah, I like that. All right, let's let's go to some lighthearted stuff now. Yeah, so let's let's get into the um, the iPhone stuff, maybe. Yeah. So everybody's had their ten uh, year iPhone anniversary release uh, take. So we, you, if you remember, uh, about six months ago, we did the whole ten year anniversary of the iPhone being announced. But as you'll recall, in two thousand and seven. The announcement came in January, but the release didn't happen until June. So this last week, we um, we got the um, ten year a- uh, anniversary of the release. So every, everybody's kind of written their story and you know all that. So I don't think we need to rehash a bunch of that. I thought what might be kind of fun to do is just talk a little bit about our memories of that day and um, in your case anyway of actually um, getting that first iPhone. Well, yeah. So real quick on that one, I I don't know. I forget how much we talked at that point, but like I held off. Like, I don't think I got the iPhone until August and I don't think. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I don't, and I don't think that was because like, I I couldn't get one. Like I I definitely could. It's just like, I just, I was like, no, this is, this is silly. Like, I I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't think this is that different. I love whatever shitty Blackberry or, (laughs) or like Nokia or like Symbian phone I was using. Like I, 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 could have gotten one and i was just kind of like whatever so yeah i was again maybe, maybe i'm wrong about maybe that's maybe i i should i'm wrong to be uh pessimistic about tesla but like i don't know like it's yeah i didn't think it was gonna be that revolutionary or any of that kind of stuff and i remember like i had some coworkers at that time like i was like how is it and they're like yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty great um so yeah i waited a while um i don't know like yeah, so like there was no waiting in line or anything like that for me, and and then you ended up, actually, so you ended up in, uh, purchasing my first iPhone. So when did you get on the iPhone bandwagon? So that 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 was it. So I did not purchase the first iPhone. I um, just it just literally would not be able to afford one. It just did not did not make 
did not make sense for me to to do that. Not only would I have to buy the phone, but then the increase to my monthly service plan, like at the time, none of that none of that made sense for me. Uh, so I, I desperately wanted one. I vividly remember coming home from work that day and reading every single review I could get my hands on, <laughs> watching every hands-on video. I mean, I spent hours and hours and hours that night just pouring over as much you know information as I could. Do, you, do uh, to interrupt? Do, do you remember the the video of that one guy unboxing his very original iPhone and, and dropping it? <laughs> yep. Yep. Sure do. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, no, I, I ended up not getting one until basically exactly a year later when you bought your 3G and then I bought your original iPhone. And this was around the same time that iPhone OS 2 came out with the App Store and everything. So that that was my my first experience with the iPhone was was a year later. Not bad. And we're using uh, sorry, we're using it on T-Mobile's edge network in Santa Barbara, or using it on AT&T. I, I was using it using it on T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. And am I wrong? Did the original iPhone ever get MMS, or was that was that a software limitation, or was that a hardware limitation? Do you remember? Huh. I I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a. Actually, hold on, let me see if uh, let me go into my Flickr account. Um, like it, it was it was a cool phone, and and and, I, and I'm and I'm glad I ended up getting it. But like it was, and I forget. Like I I'd, I'd been a Mac user for a long time, but I think two thousand five or two thousand six is when I went super all in on on Mac stuff. So I think the iPhone kind of. It it did have a legitimate halo effect and kind of locked me in to where I just stopped using Windows or any other stuff, um, uh, kind of permanently. So what was so and, and we we joked about this uh, online offline about um, Darth getting the uh, his ranking of all iPhone generations very wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, man. You're 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 brilliant. You are fantastic at a lot of things, but the was it was the 4s his top pick? I think the f- yeah yeah it was yeah it was the 4s. Yeah. Oh, and sorry. Let me let me send this link to you. Uh, apparently, I got it September eighteenth, two thousand seven, <laughs> and it's in front of a computer running Windows Vista. Jesus, man. And yeah, you had to remember the whole connecting to. That was that was the other thing. I, the other thing I <laughs> that remember went, that about went that, through, like iOS six, <laughs> everything went through iTunes. Yeah, but I mean, I remember that was the thing from that first day was that nobody could use their phone because oh, the activation every, servers, everybody's yeah. activation servers completely crapped out, and so everybody this this screenshot which we'll put in the notes. This was like all people had access to for like the first day. Yeah, I I, I definitely remember that. And that and that was an issue for not only the original iPhone, but for at least the next few. It was always like the first day was just like an activation nightmare. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a thing. Um, <laughs> oh, man, um, man, memories. All right. Um, yeah, I the, the other things I remember too were thinking like how silly it was to like always be connected to the internet like i definitely saw value in occasionally looking up things but like the idea of needing to be constantly connected to the internet just like seemed excessive (laughs) 
like the, the idea of like having email and just sort of all of the like day-to-day hour-by-hour tasks that you would typically associate you know doing when you were at a computer it's that just seemed yeah it seemed unnecessary uh, um <laughs> and the other thing we i were so I, innocent yeah i know i know the other thing I, I vividly remember was what a different experience the phone was between being on edge versus being on wi-fi like now when you're <laughs> now when you're on a solid lte connection almost no different it really is almost no different. And, you know, it's it's fun to make fun of the carriers, but, like, I don't know. By and large, I'm pretty darn happy with my AT&T LTE coverage, at least here in the Bay Area. It's it's usually, I mean, it, it has its moments, but it's usually pretty darn good. And, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like the, just using your iPhone is almost the same anywhere you go now versus, you know, I, even from day one having that original iPhone, I vividly remember... Yeah, you would try to do as much as you could and download as much as you could on Wi-Fi before you had to go out on Edge, and Edge was kind of just there as almost like a backup. Yeah, I remember. I remember during the keynote where, because because three G and um, God, what was it called? It wasn't called HSTPA yet. Uh, UMTS networks on on AT and T or Singular at the time. Again, also one one data point is that when the phone was originally launched. Um, Announced in January 2017, it, it or uh, 2007, it, it was going to be partnered with Singular, but right. they ended up changing to the new AT and T by June. Yep. Um, is yeah, Steve Jobs was just blew right past the fact that it was he said it was a quad band GSM phone with edge capability. Like, cause, like you you could almost like that was like the only thing where after the amazing keynote and everybody's just like just losing their minds about like is can this possibly be real or have a battery that lasts for more than 15 minutes they're like oh edge so good times good times um so yeah so what, what's 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 your ranking you, and you don't have to have like a list of like nine generations but what, what were some of your least favorite iphone uh generations either for like software issues or um hardware design so so I, I've owned every iPhone except for the 3G because I, I bought your original iPhone and then the next year upgraded to the 3GS and then have upgraded every year since then. Um, I I would probably say that in the moment the iPhone 5, like I guess like the way that the way to, the way that I would frame this is like my my impressions like on the first day or like in that first week like what phone was just like man this is just a huge upgrade and this is like just this is just the best I think the iPhone five is right up there um sorry but I think the iPhone seven plus is right up there that's um, probably a sorry not sorry type thing right um certainly the iPhone four just you know, seeing a retina screen for the first time was huge. Um, also, I think for me, this, and this, this, this is particular to my use case, is the 3GS, just because I was coming from the original iPhone. That's so a hell of an upgrade, yeah. Yeah, it was such a huge upgrade. I mean, video. I couldn't shoot video on that original iPhone and could on the 3GS. Like, it just, top to bottom, was was a huge thing and, and of course going from edge to 3g was was a huge difference um and then i think on the flip side like the the phones that maybe came across as being more disappointing I, it's definitely the um 4s comes to mind because really 
um well i guess the 4s did introduce touch id right no that was, was that the that was a five okay yeah yeah, yeah that's right five s that's right that's right so yeah so the 4s really was just siri i mean and, it, it had speed a up processor sure sure but definitely <laughs> right from the get-go siri was disappointing and can and continues to be um so the 4s stands out as being being a disappointment for that reason um but honestly i i guess um yeah, I guess like the 4S is the only phone that I can think of where like my initial reaction was like disappointment. Maybe a little bit Wait, going sorry, the 4S. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe a little bit going from the iPhone 6 to the iPhone 7 just because there was so little change, but then, you know, for me that became different when I ultimately decided to go to the the plus size phone. But if you just went from the same size 6 to the same size 7, that wasn't a particularly super exciting upgrade. Um, but yeah, I think the, the 4S is the only one that I guess I, if, if I was coming up with a list, like it would, it would be the only one that I would, that I would think of putting kind of towards the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't argue with a lot of those. Like, so for me, so iPhone 5S is definitely by a mile, the, the, the top phone. Because it, it, because the five was weird in that, like, did you, when you bought your five, was it, did you get the, was it called Space Gray back then? What was, was it just called Gray? Was it not called Space Gray? I don't think so. Because I think Space Gray was the really cool Gray that we all know and love now. Um, But yeah, it had that weird one where, like, Johnny Ive introduced us to the term chamfered edges. And, like, the, 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 like, that dark, gray just never like it It just scratched so easily and then it started wearing off on the corners and it was weird so i mean the five was fine but yeah the 5s like touch id was just and and i forget if like if if you showed this to me or not but like remember like the first time we saw a demo of like ios 8 and touch id on the 5s for one password like i almost like lost my mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like that so i think that's where the 5s ends up being a really really like earth-shattering phone and i actually think that was probably that the one time they got introduced on china mobile and that was one like just the biggest iphone generations for apple in general so i mean so that was a huge one then probably the iphone 4 just because yeah retina was just insane and then we had to go through that weird long period where we had to worry and you would just like constantly refresh the app store hoping that um the application update included uh 2x uh resolution assets right because everything else looked fuzzy and weird and it took like three to six months for everything to catch up (laughs) and that was always kind of a little strange and then i like i mean 6s was a good phone kind of right um and then probably the original iphone and then the 3gs and the 3g and it all just goes down from there but yeah, like I don't know, like the iPhone seven has to rank pretty pretty low down on the list. Yeah, I, I think so. Because it's it again, it's 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 an iPhone six SS, and like jet black is nice, but because of the scratching, I'm too afraid to take it out of the case. And the whole BS headphone jack courage thing is just it's just it's annoying. So I don't know. Five S is top dog, but by by a mile. 
You know, the other underrated thing about the four, which I think would be another reason to kind of put it at the top of anyone's list is build quality. Like that's, that's where Mm -hmm. Apple like really leaned into the quality of the materials, the quality of how it felt in the hand. And, you know, as great as the speed bumps were in the 3G and the 3GS, I mean, aesthetically, those were by far and away the ugliest iPhones. And they they felt, they didn't feel very good in the hand. They felt cheap. I, I agree. But I, I, like, I don't know. I had I had the white 3GS and I, I don't know, like that, that kind of like the, the, the uh, I always forget, concave or convex, concave, I think, um, glossy plastic back. I don't think it felt that bad. It did feel cheap, but it it didn't feel bad. I don't know. That was that was that was an interesting one. But the I mean the iPhone 4 felt great. And kind of every iPhone since then has. It did. And remember, and that and that one was also really important just because of just like the whole remember when like the the leaked prototype thing? Mhm. Like that was a, that was a very fun and interesting uh summer to watch play out. That that was, yeah, that was an amazing story. Even though that probably falls on the side of, you know, the whole, if we're talking about the ethics question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but publishing that story is probably on the uh, on the same side of uh, not telling your employer that you've automated your job. But pretty good. And then the 4S, I don't know, like maybe it's kind of cool because Siri wasn't bad. Yeah, we, we, like during the first couple of years, Siri and I had a couple, uh, couple of fun exchanges. So it's pretty good. Yeah, I I was pretty low on Siri from the get go and continue to be. She knew Dan Quayle's middle name. <laughs> Good enough. Um, um, all right. Well, so let's 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 talk about um, the the current iPhone, iPhone or, Pro, or the or the yeah, or the uh, the next iPhone, which maybe ten years from now we'll reflect back on. Um. So the the the, the hot rumor this week. So the, the the thing that's been sort of unclear about the iPhone Pro or whatever we're calling it is. Touch ID. There's there's been questions around whether Apple can uh, have a Touch ID sensor underneath the screen, which they'd have to do if they're doing the true edge to edge display, which everybody seems to think is gonna is gonna happen, or if they were gonna move Touch ID to the back, like some of the um, Android phones have done the last few years, um, and that that's gone back and forth for a while now. But now the rumor is that Touch ID is just gonna go away altogether, and instead we're going to have facial recognition, 3D facial recognition. Um, and we'll, we'll put a link to the notes. I think Gruber has a, a pretty smart take on all of this. Um, the number one smartest point I thought was, so how does this work in the dark or just kind of like poor lighting conditions? <laughs> um, like is, 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 the, is the fallback just to enter your password? Like that, that just seems like... So I, I mean, I think that's horrible because here's the thing. Like a lot of times I will unlock my phone while it's sitting flat on a table. And like, do I have to hover over it and look at it to unlock my phone? Otherwise I have to en- enter a complicated alphanumeric password. Like that seems like a horrific step backwards where I, I just don't buy the story or Apple's new flagship phone is like just fundamentally flawed. Well, so yeah, so Gruber's number one point in this article, which kind of encompasses everything here, is no Touch ID would be weird. If it's true, then the 3D facial recognition has to be as good or better than Touch ID in every way, in all lighting conditions, or else it will be a severe regression. I mean, I think that's that's exactly right. But I, I, I just don't know how it could 
possibly not be worse in certain situations. The one that you just described, poor lighting conditions. Like I don't see how I don't see how they could solve for those those situations. Like, do you ever when you're taking your phone out of your pocket, do you ever like click the home button proactively? Like as you're pulling out of your pocket, so that way, like as it's like being raised up to eye level or whatever, like it, it's just unlocked and good to go. Yeah, definitely. So like that doesn't work for that. I, I don't know. Like I, th- I, because like Ming Chi Kuo has a has a really 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 good track record. Um, but I just think like I, because it seems to compromise so much for a feature being edge-to-edge screen that's not like i just don't think that's worth the trade-off or at the very least i would think that apple would accept the trade-off of um like just putting the fingerprint sensor on the back even though that's a little bit awkward like apple's done awkward things before that like the camera bumps are a key example like i just uh, i really hope that's not true because on, on the because like you're gonna be like would you settle for this like let's say because here's the thing, there's probably going to be like three new iPhones this year. So this could be whatever this, either the iPhone 8 and like there's an iPhone 7S and 7 Plus or the iPad, iPhone Pro or whatever it happens to be. Like, would you accept this weird, obvious drawback just to get the high-end phone? Like that, that that's kind of a crappy feeling, right? It is. Um, and, and a somewhat less important and, and kind of temporary problem too, that's never made sense to me. So that this latest round of rumors has reiterated that the iPhone pro is likely to come out at some point after the iPhone seven S and seven S plus, well, assuming that, that that's what those are called. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. Like, why would you, why would Apple release new iPhones, but at the same time say but there's an even better one coming out like a month later like that th- doesn't that just completely take the legs out from under the iPhone 7s and 7s plus i mean there there'll be some people who don't really care i guess but like i could see i could see even a relatively casual watcher be like well wait like why why would i buy a phone that's going to be um you know inferior in like a month and then, like, the question is, like, are the 7S or or if they end up calling it the iPhone 8, um, like, is that going to be the fourth year? Like, so let's allegedly the iPhone Pro or whatever this thing is, is, is like a huge groundbreaking leap forward or, or like at least it is at least doing stuff that is dramatically different than the old phone. Like, is is the 7S like just the fourth year of the iPhone 6? Like, are they going to save all the cool technology and that kind of stuff for the for the iPhone Pro like that? So not only will it be an underwhelming and just kind of meh phone, you're going to say, oh, there's a cooler one that may have this like weird fundamental flaw in it that's coming like two months down the road. And it's probably going to push most of the sales to the holiday quarter. And if Gruber is to be believed or, or like if his sources are good, then it's going to cost like $1,500. Like that's this, this all seems insane. Yeah, that yeah, that that just that doesn't make sense to me. Well, so what is, what is your guess? And it, it, on pricing, because like we've seen these weird estimates, like I don't, I just, I just don't think, it, f- I just don't think it matters. What because because when you break it down monthly, it's not going to be that significant of a difference. Uh, hold on, fifteen hundred divided by twenty four. 
you're gonna be sixty two dollars a month for a phone. But I mean, I but I, I think for my seven S plus, I pay something like forty five. Uh, what's what's eight seventy divided by twenty four? I should be better at math. Thirty six twenty five. I don't know, like sixty sixty dollars for a phone on top of your AT and T bill. Like I know you've got like a family split situation, but that that's a lot of money, dude. It, yes, yes. Over time, it is. But I but when you, I just don't think people people don't <laughs> think about can't the, do math. No, I mean you know what I mean. I just well, no, like when most you, people like if you break something up monthly and you don't look at the total, like I mean, it, no, I like I'm not I I, I say in jest about the math thing, but no, like a lot of people think like. They will convince themselves that, yeah, well, sure, I'm getting six. Uh, I will pay $2 a day for this phone when they don't add it up. No, I, I agree. So, that, so that's why, yeah, pricing, I don't think that's an issue at all. I, that's, that's not <sighs> going to be whatever. People will write their hot take headlines about that, and then consumers will end up not caring. I'm going to say that's one of the, like, that is, that is a, and this isn't a thing against you, but, like, I think that's a bubble perspective. I think there's a lot of people in the other part of the country or around, around or like just other parts of the country where saying 60 to $62 a month for a phone is that's, that's a lot of money. Fair, fair point. But I just think that the, it, that the impact is much is, is lessened given that it's not an upfront cost. Again, doesn't sure. Should, yeah, like, it shouldn't change the answer that much, but, but I think the, the fact that, that Apple kind of primed everybody with introducing the iPhone upgrade program a couple of years ago, it, it it's it will definitely blunt the 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 impact of, of a really expensive high end phone if it turns out to be that expensive. Right. Uh like just fifteen hundred strikes me as really, really high. Right. Um and I think the last thing I'll say about this latest batch of rumors and then let's let's move on is you know, and we've brought this up a couple of times before, which is I'm just I'm kind of annoyed that a lot of these rumors are especially with like what German's been doing where like he frames it as like oh well I you know we don't know cuz Apple's still testing this stuff. And like Gruber Gruber I think smartly called German out for that which is listen man like these decisions have been finalized for I mean what at least a year maybe longer like maybe the software is still being tweaked but the decision about whether to have a touch id sensor or not on the phone i mean that ship sailed a long long time ago hmm agreed well it depends when the ship time is so i i totally agree on that point of like like probably once it's four months to launch like everything is super locked down so if we're saying this phone ships in september then, then no, most I definitely. think no, no, no. I think components are locked down way, way further in advance than that. You're saying even you're so like let's say if if the iPhone Pro ships in November and ends up being a phone that costs fifteen hundred dollars, which means it's going to ship in much smaller quantities. Just because I, I uh, we, we may disagree, but like I, I, I think it very few people are going to be willing to pay that. Um, like I, I think it probably is more likely that it's potent that somebody might be able like you might be narrowing down some component ideas five months in advance no i i think that's totally wrong i I think Mm. i think designs and all related hardware components for that design are locked down minimum of 12 months ahead of time minimum uh i i am not a supply chain or engineering expert i don't know like we'd be i think we'd be at the point where like these types of decisions, the like whether to go with Touch ID or the facial recognition stuff, like this would be the time of year that you'd be making that call for 2018's iPhone. But again, this isn't 
this isn't the flagship iPhone. Or, or sorry, this isn't the highest volume iPhone. Doesn't matter. It's it's still shipping and it it's still shipping in such volume, even if it's significantly it? It, millions, millions. You can't you can't just have millions of a particular part lined up in the course of a couple of months. Like that. That's why Apple has to lock this stuff down so far ahead of time. It takes a long time to line up the hardware to support that design in the volumes that they ship out. Yeah, you're right. All right, I was trying to play devil's advocate, but yeah, no, you're right. All right, let's let's, let's zip uh, zip through some other news and actually, well, actually, probably one one final longer topic because you 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 took the plunge on iOS eleven. So this um, <laughs> so AMC uh, distributor and creator of our beloved Better Call Saul <laughs> wants to charge you five dollars a month to not see ads on top of your cable package. Which I don't know, like on the face of it, it's, it's like not the worst idea. Um, and it seems actually like a semi-reasonable price, I guess, if For you watch a enough. single channel? I guess if you if you watch enough AMC content. Um, how, how much content do they have? They, they have The Walking Dead and Better Call Saul, and I think that's it. Yeah. Because they canceled that one uh, Revolutionary War show you liked. Oh, I gave, I gave up on that a couple episodes in. Oh. Spies? <laughs> or That was called Turn or something. Well, turn it's turn Washington spies, yeah. Um, <laughs> they added a subtitle to it, like in season two. People love that, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it 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 doesn't seem like the worst idea in the world to me. But I don't know. The reason I actually this story caught my eye was to me it just served as another reminder that I cannot believe that TiVo skip mode hasn't been shut down. <laughs> it just conti- just continues to feel like something that. Even if it, even if it's like flying under the radar, like I don't know, still just feels like it just shouldn't be allowed to exist. Well, you feel like you have the smoker channels. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you get that reference. It's um, yeah, it, it feels feels wrong. And so, and I've said this before too. I think on the show, it's like all the offline stuff with TiVo too, just feels like feels like you shouldn't be able to do that. I assume people just don't care enough just cause like this. Cause here's the thing. Like this is probably like the, the, you, you have the bolt, right? Yeah. Like that's probably the last TV that's ever going to exist. Like, cause they got bought by Rovi or Rovio or whatever it is. And they do not care about the retail business whatsoever. Like we probably like my Romeo pro and your bolt are probably the end of the line for TiVo. So I assume like the, the, the paying subscriber base of, um, TiVo's subscription service is is just so small that it's not worth litigating and people just let it whatever. Which is a bummer and also kind of great. Yeah, lucky us. I was is it humans doing it or have they somehow programmed I, computers I, to do this? No, I, I believe it I believe it's a team that does it. <laughs> I can't tell that's the best or worst job in the world. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's on enough shows. It's good. Yeah, like I don't know. Like man, just pressing channel up and just being like, oh hey, back in my show. I didn't I didn't have to see a single Taco Bell ad. I don't have to know what what monstrosity they made these days. <laughs> um, have you speaking of which? Because I know you're a Taco Bell connoisseur. Have you seen the thing where it looks like a Dorito, but it's it seems like a like a nacho chicken nugget? Oh yeah. Uh huh. Are those any good? I, I have tried I it. Haven't? No, I haven't. Because I, I know you, you were you were you were a, a um, an early adopter of the of the Locos Taco. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and something else I did I didn't tell you about was when we were in um, Las Vegas the weekend before last. So they they opened one of those like Taco Bell Cantina locations there. When What's this, that? It's like a it's like a fancy Taco Bell. There's one here in San Francisco too. Is it like a Chevy's or is it like a like or what? What is fancy by Taco Bell standards? Sorry, it's. I mean, you just you know it when you see it. They're just they're they're really <laughs> it's like pornography. <laughs> sure, um, they're legitimately really nice. Um, and the one in Las Vegas, of course, sells alcohol, which the one in San Francisco was supposed to as well, but they they couldn't get their liquor license. Um, but the the one in Las Vegas, which we were super excited to see, super disappointing. It's like it's like really small. It's like smaller than the one here in San Francisco, and it like it looks huge from the outside. It has like this massive sign, but then you walk in and it's just it's it's tiny. Um, and it was super loud and just I don't know, just it was kind of a disappointment. Interesting, but the one the one here in San Francisco is actually pretty nice. So what? Well, if you're gonna go to a Taco Bell, that's the one you want to go to. Um, so what's on the menu there? Like, or like, what are the prices same, like? Same stuff, same prices, same menu. Oh, so it's just like the dining room situation is different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. That's really interesting. All right. Um, oh, and there's one in Berkeley too. There uh, is? Really? Uh, yeah. Oh. Apparently. Oh, that's what Google Maps says and Google's never wrong. Huh. Uh... Yeah, let's 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 uh let's see how we do on time. Let's let's jump to your um uh iPad running iOS eleven. Yeah. Um so I put the public beta on uh I don't know, three, four days ago. It's 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 interesting. Um I mean a lot of like a lot of my Time with it has been colored by the fact that it's just so, so buggy. <laughs> I mean, everybody's been saying this and, you know, it, it's a beta, so you get what get what you get. But like for me, the issue I'm having is that after usually about half hour or so, the the dock just stops working. Like I can't, I, the only time I can get it pulled up is when you're on the home screen. And if I'm in an app, the dock just, just won't come up. Um, and I have to restart the iPad for it to start working again. And the dock is sort of like where a lot of the action happens. So that's kind of limited my ability to to, to play around with it and kind of test it out. But um, when the dock does work, it's it's pretty great. I mean, the the, the multitasking is is a huge improvement. Being able to have a third app open now is really great. Um, the app switcher is so much better than it was before uh, the way that control center is integrated into the app switcher is really nice um the files app seems like it's going to be great i mean overall it's it's you know it's the files app currently does not have actual third-party integration yet does it i haven't played around with that if it does um i've only done like some icloud and local file stuff um but like the UI is really nice, and I mean, yeah, it's 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 kind of exactly exactly as advertised. Um, and I have to admit, I Engadget did a video today. I think it was Engadget did a video today of kind of like a review, not not really like a formal review, but just sort of like a hey, here's all the things you don't know about the um, smart keyboard for the 10.5 inch iPad Pro. 
and it seems like it's pretty great. Like it actually seems not something that could replace my laptop, but does seem like a pretty interesting device, particularly within the context of iOS 11. Well, I'm sorry, which which iPad do you have? I I have the 9.7 inch Pro. Okay, because that was my question. Because I, I wasn't sure if you were still on the Mini Four, and I was going to ask: Do any of do any of like does multitasking even make sense on the Mini? I mean, it it, it was tough to use. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't used iOS eleven on it, but I did use the multitasking in iOS nine and ten, and yeah, it's 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 kind of rough. Um, but I do kind of, I do kind of wish I didn't upgrade to the the 9.7 yet because it would have been a lot easier to justify upgrading from the mini four to this new 10.5 inch iPad pro. It's a little bit of a tougher sale going from the nine, seven to the 10, five. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I appreciate that restraint. And we'll see how long it lasts. Wait, what was the, the thing from earlier in the week where I said hashtag old Ryan? What was I trying to convince you to buy? Oh, a switch. I think. No, no. Was it, was it the OLED TV or the Switch or both? <laughs> Probably both. Um, I have I have an alert set up now for the Switch. Good, good. Um, Are there any games that you absolutely want where you would, you would accept kind of a, a funky bundle situation if it got you one quicker? Yeah, I think like Zelda, Zelda and Mario Kart. Okay. So I'm at, I'm at Taco Bell's website, and apparently on their own website, they have a, an article called 10 Reasons to Visit Taco Bell's Flagship Restaurant in Las Vegas. Yeah. Which seems unnecessary on your corporate website. Yeah. And apparently they sell t-shirts there. Yeah, this seems... Oh, man, they have a slushy margarita bar. Yeah, which we didn't, we didn't end up getting any of them because the line was kind of long, but that seems like that could have been potentially interesting, but... I have a you had me at let's go to Taco Bell beach towel, which I think is time for me to close this. Well, gap. so that that was um, that was actually a really disappointing part is we had thought there was going to be this whole big merchandise store and it was literally just like five different items like hung up on the wall. <laughs> and that was that was it. Wait, if it had been a big like Disney store within a Taco Bell, would you have bought stuff? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> you would have worn it on the plane. Probably, yeah. In uh, your Virgin America extra legroom seats. Ugh. <laughs> uh, careful listeners will remember last week. Right. All right. Um, all right. Uh, picks of the week? Yep, let's do it. All right. So I'm going going a little bit throwback here. Um, so I think, I think much to your chagrin still, I am a big RSS guy outside of Twitter. RSS continues to be the number one way that I get news, you know, throughout the day. And I don't I actually don't know if I've ever formally made it a pick of the week, but it, it's been the RSS reader that I've used for I don't know how many years now. Um, and that's Reader, spelled R E E D E R. Um, it's I've used just about every single RSS app there is for the Mac and iOS and Windows. Reader's not Windows, but now that I'm all mac at work and stuff now it's it's even better um readers readers just fantastic um it's great on the mac it's great on ios Uh, there's no no better rss 
uh, feed reader that I've come across. And again, it's outside of Tweetbot. It's probably my second most used app on iOS. And it's, it gets this huge, huge part of my, my kind of daily workflow, as you would say. And, and you may have just said this, but I'm sorry, do you use and synchronize it with your Mac? Yes. Okay. So it used to, this is how long I've been using it. So it used to um, sync with Google Reader. And then there was a way to migrate that over to Feedly, which I did. And so that's that's how I keep it in sync now between um, my iPad, iPhone, Mac, etc. Hmm. Well, cool. Um, so let me dig up, and this is not, this is, the, this is a preemptive pick of the week because I haven't actually bought this yet, but let me send you a link. Whoops, wrong channel. So are you aware, because you're a Disney guy, are you aware of what a sum sum is? No. Okay. So I don't know what a Disney bought or co-opted or whatever it is. But apparently there are these like it's um I think it's Japanese or maybe it's Korean but like um like fad or like thing where they, you just get these really small little um like plush toy things and they have been slowly introducing more and more of their characters as these little like three and a half inch um plush toys and uh they released a whole series for um up oh I actually hit enter sorry um. And there's a little uh, Carl Fredrickson and, and and Doug, and and I really want to buy all these except they're six dollars a piece. But I think that's my I think that's my pick of the week because they're so gosh dang adorable. Uh, tell me about them again when they sell ones for Wally. Except the whole, so that's the thing. So like, well, again, D- Disney needs money because they have to make up for ESPN. So they <laughs> nice. That's that's not untrue. You can't. We skipped over the cord cutting part, so that's that's where people are going to get it. Nice. Um, and they've got a they've got a, 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 a Remy the Rat one. Hold on, let me. Oh, we just um, so it was it was the ten year anniversary of Ratatouille, and we uh, we just we watched Ratatouille this last week. Such a good movie. Really, really good movie. Like, I, I'm not trying to prolong this episode, but real quick, top Pixar movies. Well, I, I feel like you have to exclude Toy Story. So, sure, if, so sure. if you, so if non, you, non Toy Story ones, non Toy Story, um, Wally, mm-hmm. Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Depending on the day, the order of those two could 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 switch. I don't think you can go either wrong wrong with either one. Um, what would I put? What would I put third? Probably Finding Nemo. Mm, okay. Um, that's a pretty solid list. Yeah. So I, I I would mostly agree. So Wally number one, um, and then it's 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 a toss up for slots two, three, and four depending on my emotional state, which is uh up, um, The Incredibles and uh, oh, Ratatouille. I, for, I can I can I amend my? Yes, you can because Finding Nemo doesn't deserve to be there. Finding Nemo's good. It but uh, it's good as are most Disney movies. But not Incredibles good. So okay, so number three on my list is The Incredibles. I don't yep. don't don't know how I forgot about that. Yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, so hopefully we get some big. Uh, wait, what was the company? Hopefully Carvana will sponsor this, 
And I can buy many, many of these little some some toys that are five ninety five each because it's Disney. They're three inches big. Right. So three three and a half. Oh uh, yeah, that's metric. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 